Hello and welcome to episode 39 of Shoulder to Shoulder Podcast, telling stories from the LAFC community match by match, fan by fan, shield by shield. Yeah. We did it. We got our first trophy. Oh. It was great. It was beautiful. All parts of it, right? And I, you know, to talk about, you know, the fact that we had to earn it too. Amen. You know, New York City, they won their game. Against Atlanta, and I know that before the match, you know, people were talking about how they had won three to one. I think was the final score. Four to one. I think they Four scored one? a late one. Oh, yeah. okay. And they missed a PK in the first half. Could have been five one. Yeah, and yeah. so, but people were like, "Oh man, we were hoping that NYCFC would help us out a little bit." And I'm like, "I nah, don't, dude. That's not how like, I wanted it. I, I know. I want to earn it, dude. I'm I'm glad that it played out the way that it played out. You know. That way, when the third goal went in, I, I mean, I just I remember turning and looking at you, and that's when. We knew it was sealed, you know. Oh yeah, it, it was done at that point. It was ours, and that elation of it happening in the moment, especially on such a golazo too. Oh my but gosh, that it, I mean, if we'd have just walked in and we'd have known, oh yeah, we kind of fell into winning it, and we didn't get to to win yeah. it by our own action. I, definitely, I prefer the way it went down. But I, I got to sit my first time being in the thirty-two fifty-two for all ninety minutes, bringing the Awante. Yeah, and shout out sound engineer Wilton got to be there as yeah. well too yeah. with his girl. Yep, absolutely. And I tell you, man, that is no joke. That is no picnic in the thirty two fifty two, bro. It it's is a workout. It is definitely a workout, dude. And I lost my voice halfway through the game. Easily, dude. It was Oh, you were bringing it though. You were up on the rails, you were waving the flag. <laughs> I had to dude, I, I there's a reputation that we have to uphold. <laughs> <laughs> Well, with your boots? No, no. I I brought uh, you know because it's like the beer showers, you know. So I I uh, I made sure I wore a LAFC T-shirt. I wore like an old pair of uh, khaki pants that had rips in them. That the rips got a lot worse. Sure. And I had cloth Vans shoes. I was trying to get some uh, Adidas so I could get the three stripe life, but well, didn't work enough, out soon enough. But anyways, oh dude, and anytime Carlos was taking a free, a kick. free kick. I, I would sit down on the rail, I'd get my left shoe off, and I'd get ready for it, man. <laughs> so did you do it for the penalty? Yeah. All right. All right. I know that it's growing. Like, more every time I see, like, as every game progresses, I see more and more, like, shoes up. Mm-hmm. I was really hoping Carlos was going to get a hat trick and just not only were we going to get the shield, but he was going to get the goal record as well, too. I was, and he well, had a chance. I mean, he almost had it. He hit the crossbar, had, yeah. Yeah, and he had a couple other shots that, uh, you know, he had that other free kick that just went over the bar. Right. I was hoping that penalty, like, dude, it was right on the line because I sit in the south end and I saw it. I'm like, oh, that's questionable. It was so close to being inside the box. But yeah, the foul started right outside the box. I was really hoping it was a penalty because then he ties it and he has two games to just get one, right? Yeah. So anyway, but I mean, he so he has thirty. Yeah, he needs two to break, one needs, to tie. Right, and and he's got two more games, and you know I think that his average right now is a goal a game, right? So because we've played thirty two games, right? So a little under a goal a game. Well, a goal. He, he missed two games, and he missed yeah. two games, so right? It's a goal a game. A goal a game. He's played. In. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that. Very feasible. Yep. Yeah, it's doable. And uh, you so know, so if he doesn't score a goal in the next game, do you think Bradley would sit him for the final game of the season? No why? Clinched no. in the Shield no. Why? You know what? It, it, they're going to get a two week break. Yeah. 
there's, there's no, no there's no reason for anyone to be sat. I know that Bob has come out and talked about the importance of things like the supporter shield, even though it's a less significant trophy in the MLS. I don't think he devalues records either. So I think that if there is an opportunity to, you know, break the 71 points for highest points in a season, he's going to do it. If there's an opportunity for Carlos to get the most goals ever, he's going to do it. Because I think that Bob is trying to, you know, continue to build the the history of this club. Right. And, and they, they have to get four points out of the next two matches. So, in theory, if they can get a draw and come back and win, they break the record, right? Yes. And that'd be fitting. And if Vela gets one goal in Minnesota and then comes and scores at least one at home, like, that's my dream scenario. Like, getting both at home on the last match. Uh, well, I, I would like to get the W in Minnesota. Because I think that, I mean, I, I just don't want to leave it to getting a W at the end of the season. You know, I would I would prefer to be able to not just break the record by one. Right. I would like to, like, break the record by a whole a whole three points, you know? Yeah, smash it. Absolutely. You know, tie the we'll tie the record in Minnesota, hopefully. And then it's like then what what then it's really going to be our record type right. of thing. I think we also kind of want to see the team be in form for these last two games. Right. You know the last four games going into to this game. You know obviously we haven't had the W. People are starting to get a little anxious, a little concern rising up. Maybe unnecessarily so, but still, I, don't I know. think winning three games in a row to end the season would be a really great momentum going into. The I agree. And, and Minnesota is definitely not formidable opponent. You know they are in the playoffs. Right now, as where they sit, and that one point in the season, they were in second place in the West. So that's going to be a good game. And Colorado, you know, they're having an off season for sure. But you know what? There's for them though, there's a resurgence there though. Yes, and for them too, they're they're not in the playoffs, right? No. So for their last game of the season, if they could knock off the team that just won the supporter shield to to get a victory, so they're going to give us their absolute best game. On the sixth, anyways. Yeah, and they step up against big teams. They, I mean, they beat Carson twice this year. I mean, they they've had you know their dragon slayer moments. Well, since the will. new coach came on, I think they've been on a run, right? Yeah. So with like, Frazier at the helm, I think he's re-energized them. I think he's probably bringing in a new system um, that makes more sense to the the talent that they have. So that's gonna be a good game. But like to talk about the game that just happened for the supporter shield, I actually was happy with some of the changes on the fullback sides. I thought El Munir was El Munir was balling. El Munir looked really good. He looked great. His tracking back was amazing. His integration into the offense, I thought, was um, better than what Harvey's given us the last few games. And, you know, Harvey's played so many games throughout the season. I can understand that he may be gassed out with that wear and tear. Um, and he's also in his mid-30s. So it's not easy to keep that momentum for an entire season um, later into your career. So yeah, didn't have the mask as well, too. So um, hopefully fully healed. You know, hopefully that's that whole situation is behind us. Um, but uh, I thought his footwork was excellent. Yeah. I mean, whenever he was taking on players or, or whenever he was trying to track back defensively, his footwork was on point. Yeah, it was great. Same with Blackman. Blackman, you know, he made that penalty happen with that cutback cross mm-hmm. that Brian Rodriguez um, got it to the ball first, got tripped and, you know, gave Carlos his goal. Um, and then I think he he did the same thing in terms of integrating himself and giving 
our midfielders an additional option, a good crosser of the ball in the air and on the ground. So it was an additional threat that they had to be aware of. Speaking of uh, Brian Rodriguez, what did you guys think? This was the first time that all three of our DPs got to play at the same time. Uh, didn't they play together in the last game, all three of them? I they think. did. Oh, no, you're right. They did. Um, it's the first time they start all three together, right? Right. I think he's getting more used to the system. I could tell that he wasn't happy when he was subbed off. But I think Bob is pushing his buttons to kind of tell him, like, you're still not doing everything that we've been training on. Because I, I didn't think he looked tired. I think that he wasn't maybe playing his passes as sharply as he was in the beginning of the game or finding his spaces. I didn't know how to feel. I thought I thought Wynn did okay out of the, the subs. I thought he was not as good as the other integrations. Mm -hmm. And I think he was forcing Latif to play way more defense because that's, I think, in my opinion, one of the things that he's not the best at. So when K came in, I think that was a good a good sub. But I thought it was going to be straight up for Wynn. I didn't realize that Latif was going to play winger again, going back to, to last season's uh, kind of position. So I'm not going to doubt Bob because we won 3-1. It's just I want to see Wynn be a little bit more defensively committed if he really wants to fight for that starting spot. I, I don't say he didn't earn it to be there and be considered, but I just, I just don't think he's uh, an out. We're going to play a final. He's going to start over K. I don't well, it's hard to talk smack on his defense when he has a, an amazing goal line clearance. Uh, well, that's true. That's true. So, I mean, he yeah. when it mattered, he was there. Yeah. Um, was he the best, you know, I mean, at taking guys on mid-pitch? Maybe not. But, you know, his goal line clearance there certainly was at a very big moment in the game. I think he gives us a good, like, pseudo number 10 option, though. Like, when we have the ball and we find him in a little pocket, he is one of the better players on the team to be able to do that. If you're going to play in the midfield three, you're going to have to be a, more of a two-way player. And I think he's gotten better because I know when he was in New England, he didn't have that responsibility at all. So it's not easy to kind of learn this new role. So I appreciate him attempting. I just don't think if I were to give someone out of the three subs coming in my criticism, that's the only thing. But like to your point, it's a team win. So now something that we're talking about the roster that I found was interesting, uh, especially because Dio is yeah. in the behavioral rehabilitation thing for he's got a personal family issue going on that he needs to give his attention to. So he's not available for the club. And we look at the the bench players. We had Adrian Perez as our only forward. Right. Josh, I saw Josh Perez was on the injury report with a sprained MCL, which I was surprised about. I didn't, I didn't know. know I didn't know he was hurt either. So and then Danilo you know, and Danilo Silva. Yeah, Danilo had, just uh, season ending season yeah. ending surgery too. Yep. So it's you know we've definitely where we had depth, we're definitely thinning out, right? I I'm still okay. Like center backs, we have Tristan who can jump in there to be one of the center backs. He's also. And, and, we have, and, and we have Dijon. Dijon. We have Dijon, yeah, uh, Djakovic. And then we have Cheeky, who's like a s additional reinforcement on mm -hmm. the left side. So defensively, I'm not as worried. Maybe like strikers, yes, with only having Adrian Perez. And Latif now. I, I mean, those that's it. Those, yeah. It's all three of our DPs, Latif and Adrian, right, right now. Well, and I think that's one of the reasons why Latif got more minutes at the front of the offense there is He's got to be ready if he needs to step up there. And he certainly showed it. He did. Another thing that I, I wish they did more of is they had opportunities where they could shoot more. And I, I still think they're trying to find the, you know, Barcelona-esque type, get into the six-yard box and tap it in or Manchester City type thing. Sometimes you just got to shoot. And I hope in the playoffs they do it because it's kind of a winner-go-home situation. 
Um, it's not accumulation of points and you don't have a next game to kind of write things. So I hope that is something that Bob presses on them into the playoffs. I, don't, I just don't get that impression that Bob feels that shots from outside the box, those low percentage shots are the right way to go. In my opinion, we have the skilled players and it's not that far out. It's like you're approaching the 18 yard box. So at that point, if you have an opening, it's on your right or left foot, whatever you prefer, like take the shot. At the very minimum, there's a deflection or the if the goalie saves it because it's on frame, then there's a rebound. Like, you know, create some sort of unpredictability because that's the only way to keep the offense from guessing. Like, I can tell that they're not necessarily pressing as hard at times because they they almost daring you to shoot and they'll, they know that you won't. Well, I think we saw Raito. I mean, his right foot is a screamer. Right. I'm very happy about that. And that, to me, I also think Bob might be taking him out for that reason. And I'm like, ah... Uh, I don't know. I think that's a good new dynamic that we're not necessarily taking advantage of. All right. You know, I, I do think, though, that, you know, because last week we did the quick on the counter, right? Mm-hmm. And we talked about pretty much how teams will start to park the bus. I think when my concern now, especially with our players being thinned out, is that if a team does get up on us early in any of our games for the remainder of the season and in the playoffs, we've got to figure out a way to navigate through the defensive scheme of parking the bus because that's just one of those things where it's like we just we can't give up points early because it's they there is now a strategy to combat that for us. Right. And I think the idea that the team, at least tactically what I've seen is that, you know, they're trying to dribble through the box and get the penalty. It seems like that is a tactic, you know, that if you can get just a little bit of a half step beyond the player and they come in after you, then you're gonna go down. And that strategy seems to be, perhaps percentage-wise, slightly more effective than the shot from deep. Yeah. And I think that seems like Bob is playing the numbers there with that because obviously, anytime someone comes near us in the box, you know we're, you know we're going to be looking for that penalty if we can't get a clear shot away. I'm not fine with that. But like the only way you can even draw a penalty is if you're making some sort of offensive move or attempt to a shot. So I'm fine with that. If if even if the shot ends up being not a good shot, I'd prefer the shot be taken. I was talking to, to the scarf after the match and free play. And he's like, you will miss 100% of the shots you don't take. So you got to take shots. And yes. that's a, and that's his life motto. It's not even like before he was into football. And I was like, Oh really? Like, I mean, I didn't know that's, you know, how you felt, but I was like, I, 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 mean, I think, I think the same way, especially if you're in the box going back to the game, like, you know, look up, take the shot. You never know. Right. I think the only concern with, Hey, you're going to miss every shot you don't take. It just that doesn't mean free for all. Hey, if you're no, I don't disagree. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. That yeah. There's a window of opportunity, yeah. a shot, like and then you, it's within your step. Take it. But we look for the pass, and there's one particular play where K was dribbling. He had dribbled through someone. He was going towards goal. It was on his left foot, and it doesn't even matter because he can shoot with both. And it was the perfect step to to shoot. And he looked for a pass, I think, to uh, win to the left. And he was in a good spot and closer to the goal, but to me, I don't think he had the angle to be able to shoot right away or, you know, get the pass off right away. So little observations that I had from the game, but um, we got the win. Yes, and the shield. And the shield. And I wasn't in the 32-52 when that happened, so I, I don't know. I was able to see it as a backdrop, but can you guys talk about how that felt? It definitely, like a lot of people brought out their phones and were like recording it and stuff. And I very much wanted to be there in the moment. I wanted to watch everything and just take it all in because, you know, there are very few moments so far 
with the history of this club where it's like, hey, this is like a, a momentous occasion, you know. The the first game against Seattle in Seattle, the first uh, opening of the bank, you know, the rain game. Like, those are all games that you just remember. And so this was one of those moments that I was just like, man, I, I wanted to be there. I wanted to just be in the moment and, and see it. And, you know, you, you see the hard work that the players on the field have have put in and you see the hard work of the fans and the and the supporters in the 3252 and you know when you went down there or when you saw the leadership from the 3252 go down there and get their opportunity to hold that trophy it was just such it, it felt like that was a shared moment with us because you know we were people that helped build this also it, you know it's all of ours we may not have been able to actually hold it right but it's but it's all of ours. I think you know the fact that you know Jimmy and Mo come out to deliver it. You know our, our president, our vice president of the thirty two fifty two. It's the supporters shield, and the supporters presented it to the players, right? The handshake line or the high five line. I mean, all the whole team came through all the capos, right? And so you know every single one of the capos got to be there and say, you know, good game, great job. And then they came over to the supporters end and that's where the ceremony took place where the supporters shield happens. And you think about it, every other trophy in sports is going to be presented mid pitch. <clears throat> you know, it's probably going to be presented right in front of where the teams would be along that whole West end of the stadium. Right. And when we host an MLS cup game at the bank and we finally win that first cup, that's probably going to happen mid pitch. The Supporters' Shield is really the only trophy that's ever going to be presented in front of the 3252 like that. And that whole way in which the team went about it, you know, bringing out the giant smoke cannons and, and having, you know, the shield get passed around the capo stands and, you know, people got to take pictures with it and all that. And, you know, the fact that, you know, you saw pictures after the game and, you know, senior leadership from the 3252 is right there in the clubhouse getting sprayed with champagne alongside the team. The fact that the supporters are so integrated into the fabric and culture of this team from top to bottom, you know, from from the formation of this club all the way through to our greatest moment so far, it's just not something you see in other sports. You, you just don't really see that kind of – could you think of winning a World Series and, you know, Pantone 294 comes out on the field in order to shake hands with the Dodgers? Like it just – that's not – you know, yeah, that's not how happen. that would happen in, in Major League Baseball or, or – you know, I mean, you know, a Super Bowl trophy, you know, I mean, if the Raiders ever won a Super Bowl, the black hole wouldn't be there to help hand them the trophy, right? I mean, this is just not something we see in other American sports. I just, I was blown away by the moment. You know, like you said, you know, we didn't record it. We just kind of sat there. We were, you know, three rows off the pitch where we were there right behind the D9 Capo stand. And we were just watching the whole ceremony go down and it, just trying to soak it all in. Everyone was in this state of euphoria. You know, there's hugs going around, random strangers giving you hugs. I mean, everyone was, no one wanted to leave. Right. Security literally had to force us out. You know, and last time that happened was the end of last season. And I think everyone was just despondent. And security had to usher us on home so that we could kind of come to some closure and move on to the next step. And in this case, I mean, everyone was elated. And, and it was so great that, you know, I mean, the team came over and shared that with the fans and. You know, they marched the trophy through free play after the game, and there's, you know... Uh, they did? Yeah. What the... They left too early. And I was oh, did you see later it? Later than I thought. I left too late, but yeah, no. Um, <laughs> How close were you to it? Uh, Beta Show, I mean, like five feet from it. 
Oh, Beta was up there? Beta brought the trophy uh, along with some of the guys, um, you know, from Ops that came on through as well, too, with the, the shield. So they kind of came up the elevator and kind of rushed it through there real quick into the kitchen and out. The crowd kind of surged on it and swarmed on it, so they had to get out of there pretty quick. But you could just tell everyone wanted to be as close to it as possible. Everyone was trying to fight to get that chance to kiss it or touch it, which sadly we didn't get to do but super envious of all the people who deservingly got that opportunity to be yeah, out there and absolutely. hold that trophy and one day one day we'll get to go visit it i'm sure but it's just you know well you know i wondered though now right so you know because that supporter shield it travels and but we're gonna have it for the whole year right. so you know it's like i wonder i wonder where that'll be on display i'm sure it'll be on display somewhere you know but you know i wonder where now you know like where they'll have it and if it will ever be one of those things where you know like they sometimes i remember with like the stanley cup they would have photo shoots with it you know they would invite people to come out and take photo shoots with it so i wonder if you'll ever have an opportunity i'm sure the club will find a way to get the fans involved it's the supporters shield and i think the fans and supporters both deserve a chance to go and take a picture with it touch it you know something along those lines i'm sure I'm sure Papa Rich is thinking about something to do along those lines. We'll, we'll figure it out. It's all right. You know what? I'm going to see Rich this weekend when I'm in Minnesota. Our obligatory Rich shout out every episode. Yes. <laughs> and uh, I'll make mention to it, dude. I'll, uh, I'll, 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 I'm sure he's already on it, but if he's not. I'm sure he's getting plenty of texts with that <laughs> same question. <laughs> yeah. But no, that's great. It was a great night. What you had just said, Jonathan, made me kind of realize, too, that it's like, you know, you're right that this I was I, you know, I'm still so new and to the MLS, I feel that and I've never seen an actual award ceremony in person, but it's I saw the, how the award was given in front of the supporter section. And I I just thought that because it was done that way, because the supporters are so are so important for LAFC, and that's clear. I just was like, oh, okay, they're doing it over here because they always celebrate with us after the games. But, you know, it's it, to your point, most of the trophies, any of the other trophies we will ever win, it won't be presented like that. Well, it's the supporters' shield. Right. right. You don't I mean, think it's... that they might reconsider and actually do it there moving forward? Like, I, there, is there a guidelines? I don't – I'm sure it hasn't been discussed yet, but I think when we win an MLS Cup, It'll be presented mid-pitch. I, and I think that's that's probably the right thing that the whole stadium gets to share in that. This was the supporters' shield, and I think it was important that it happened at the supporters' end. And, I, you know, I'm sure other teams, when they have won the shield in the past, have done the same thing by having the supporters heavily involved with the awarding of a supporters' shield. I think that's that's probably, you know, part of the tradition and culture of the trophy, but... It just, you know, the red carpet getting rolled out and that whole scene with Jimmy and Mo bringing the case out and unwrapping it there mid-pitch. I mean, there was so much about that. It was very Hollywood. It was great. It was really well done. I wonder then if, let's say that we hadn't won it last night, would it have gone then to Minnesota <laughs> and been probably presented probably. in Minnesota? Or do you think they would have? I think that if we would have won it in Minnesota, that they would have held on to it and presented it. Before the next home game. Yeah, but on the last home game against Colorado. I think they probably would have had the away support there. I think some of the senior leadership would have made sure that they were there for the away support. And it probably would have been presented to the team in a a smaller ceremony. And then there would have been the big grandiose ceremony when we got back to the bank. Yeah. But the entire manner in which it went down, the fact that we got to get the shield at the bank. Yeah. 
the fact that it came on a win, that the game meant something and had to be won in order for it to happen, it was storybook. It was perfect. It, it could not have played out any better. Would it have been nice to win it a couple of weeks ago? Sure. Absolutely. It would have been great if we hadn't gone on that four-game stretch, but you know, I've said it on the show before, and I will say it again. Human beings need lows to appreciate highs. Yep. Mm-hmm. You, you can't just win every single game. Then the wins stop meaning something. You know, you start seeing a complacency, a different attitude settles in amongst the fans. There has to right. be some perseverance to it. Without a struggle, it's 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 meaningless. Sweet is nothing without the bitter. It just it had to play out the way it played out for it to mean as much to us as it did yesterday. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, I think part of it too is some of these other teams are in the playoff bubble or trying to reposition. So they're playing their finals, right? Each game they play as of like a month ago have big implications for LAFC. It's human to also not keep your foot on the gas the same way when you know you have the number one seed in the West locked up um, and you just need a couple more wins to, to get the shield. Like, and I think it's good for that to happen, just like you said, because I want to have the lull and like the low at that time in the season, not then the run in. You know, if this is the first game of three wins, perfect. Yeah. I'll take those four, five games where we were subpar in comparison to the earlier right. part of the season. Get yeah. get the get those bugs out yeah. at at a time when we have the availability of schedule to get those bugs out. Whereas, you know, rather than being on fire and then all of a sudden after the two weeks off in our first playoff game, then all of a sudden we're flat. Amen. I just, I, you couldn't have asked for a better experience the whole way yeah. through the game. Free yeah. play after was popping. I'm like, this is Wednesday. And I looked at the time. I'm like, oh, I should take off. 3252 <laughs> was in form the whole game as well, too. Yeah. It was great to see everybody getting behind it. Yeah, I mean, there were a couple tourists there for sure. But, you know, for the most part, everyone was involved in the chance, you know, uh, everyone was getting up on the rails and getting into it. And the flags were getting waved. And, you know, I really felt like it had a great energy to it. I still think we can go up from here. I think there could be more energy brought and hopefully come playoff time. You know, we see yet another level. But that would be what concern, though, is, is, you know, because the 3252 is such a um, like a noteworthy uh experience when you come to an LAFC game I would you know because that's that was part of the thing from last year also when we played RSL was that there was a good amount of people that were in the 3252 that that was their first time in the 3252 and so then it's like you just hope that the ones that get the tickets whether they get resold or however they acquire their tickets that they're people that know the routine they know the expectation and they're there you know to support the way that that the 3252 has been supporting all year, you know? Well, I think the obligation here is on the season ticket holders. The obligation here is amongst folks like myself that have multiple North End tickets, right? I mean, I have, you know, three extra tickets in the North End for every game, right? So, I mean, who do those tickets go to? You know, I love bringing people for the first time, right? It was your first time. It was, you know, Wilton and his girlfriend's first time. You know, and you guys got to experience that. And I love introducing people to it, but it was done appropriately. You guys had an outside the 3252 experience prior to that. You know, you guys had looked up the chance on Instagram. You guys were prepared when you went in for for what you were going to be experiencing. And I think that's the right way to go about introducing someone to the 3252, making sure they come out to the tailgate. They get to meet the other supporters groups. You know, they kind of get a vibe first. People that resell their North End tickets online for profit I have a real problem with that. I have a real problem with that. And and I get it. Look, it's it's hard to tell people not to make money. 
but I don't sell those tickets for an upcharge. You know I mean? I sell it for, for the legit cost whenever I pass them on or just give them to somebody. Right. Yeah, people using those tickets for money, it's wrong. And those are the times in which people show up that when they've spent too much money for the ticket, they feel uh, privileged about where they get to be, what they get to do while they're there, how they get to act. And I think that's how a lot of the issues end up happening. And I think that can be a detractor overall to atmosphere. And the purpose of the 3252, we go there to put in work. That's what we go to do. Yeah. You're sweating, you're screaming, you're moving. That's what it's about. And, look, you know, there's 18,048 seats for people that don't want to do that. But when it comes to being part of active support, you know, I, I would like to see those of us who are the gatekeepers, right? The people with the tickets, we're the ones who choose who gets to be in there. And those people need to take it upon themselves to own up and, and be smart about it and take that responsibility with its true gravity. You know, something that I had heard actually on Reddit was that when people do not renew their supporters section tickets, that the club is now just transferring those tickets to supporter group leaders. And then it just becomes more of the allotment available for the leaders to give to the people that are part of the supporter groups instead of... So it's almost like a supporter group ticket is almost probably going to be a thing of the past of the average person being able to get put on that wait list because it's like, I don't I don't know if those tickets are available, will ever become available again to people. You know, they're just going to make sure that they stay with the leaders of the supporter groups. I mean, all that means to me is this stand is going to grow in the next five, ten years. You know, I think I think the thirty two fifty two is going to get bigger, and I don't want them to change the name. I just want them to, you know, add, accommodate I mean, more. Yeah, accommodate more. I just see that like the active supporters are not going to stay at, at that level in terms of numbers, and that's not what we want, right? But if we're educating those that want to become part of it, and over time they get the ability to get those tickets, I prefer those people are properly put in place and have the accommodations of expanding it and growing it, whatever that may be. And I don't know how soon that will or can happen um, because I think the way they had to build the stadium was for a certain amount of seats. But I'm looking forward to that day. I think there's also an opportunity for people to start active support elsewhere in the stadium. You got oh. red in the South End Falcons. You got the Tunnel Snakes. I oh. mean, well, the Tunnel Snakes are in the 3252. Yeah. Right, right. But you know what I'm saying? Like the, the Southwest corner where we are, it's active. You're right. It's yeah. popping. Yeah. So maybe the next thing is simply to turn the South End into a supporter section as well, too. Maybe that's a thing. I mean, obviously, we don't want to split support like we see amongst other clubs and the drama that that causes. But everyone who sits in the South End and the people who sit in the North End all get along just fine. There's no infighting. I don't know. I think that, yes, the fan base is going to grow. And yes, the people that want to be actively supporting, that's going to grow also. But I think that there is a, a process you know, so if like you want to be an active supporter, what do you got to do? Come out to Christmas Tree Lane. You meet the supporter groups. Yeah. You find which one works for you, and then you join. And then eventually they'll issue you out tickets until you're able to get your own some other way or whatever, right? I don't really see the stadium changing. I don't see them adding a supporter section anywhere else. I don't see – because what we have is special. And I think that if you try to – Grow too fast. Grow right. That is, uh, I it's, mean, I said in the future. No, I mean, no, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm saying like at all though. Like I, I don't. I mean, I don't. Where would you add seats? Like you'd have to build the stadium up. That, that's what I said. I don't right, but I'm, happen, but I don't. I don't. I mean, maybe I don't see it happening in ten years. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I don't see it happening anytime soon. I mean, I didn't think the stadium was going to be built in three or two years. That this team, it's, it's hard to put limits on the things that they are going to be able to do because they're they're already beating expectations. So who knows? 
what I prefer to to get almost were beaming at the sit like at the at the at the seams about to rip. No, until that happens. Right. Until that happens, then yeah, that's that's when yeah. I'm saying that should happen. You know. Yeah, I I I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I just it's one of those things too where that stadium is sold out and has been sold out every game, and it is, you know. I would rather go to a packed stadium with 22,000 people than a stadium that holds 26,000 people and you're still only getting the 22,000 people in there. I love what we have and I don't want oh, to change sure. it. I don't want to change it anytime soon. Right. I don't think it's going to I don't think the design of the stadium I agree with you 10 years I think it's going to look exactly the same as it looks right now as far as how many seats it holds and and all of that. I mean, sure, they'll make re- you know right. some renovations and some upgrades, and I think some of the experiential things we might see some change in that in the course of ten years. But I, I don't think they're going to add a seat in the next decade. And I think you know, I mean, supporters' tickets are going to become increasingly harder to get, as they should. And I see a lot of people who are out there putting in hard work in the stands that are not season ticket holders. You know, they fight and scrap, and frankly, have to overpay in order to get those tickets, but when they show up, they do it right. Yeah. You know, and and then you see other people that, you know, have a little bit more pocketbook that overspend and and get those tickets and they march up front and they sit there on their cell phone the whole game. You know, when you're trying to jump for LA football club, they're not moving and it throws off the whole left to right. You know, they're complaining about flags, they're complaining about smoke, they're complaining about beer showers, you know, and, and then that's how drama starts between people because you know the true supporters are trying to get them involved and then friction happens and you know i mean i think what we have right now where you know if it works out the way you're describing and i haven't heard it officially but if the tickets are going to you know the supporters groups and they're matriculating down that way i think that's the right thing for the atmosphere i think that's the right thing for the club yeah i think that that's that's the way that the club will secure the integrity of the the 3252 yeah and if and if you want to be involved in that come meet us at christmas tree lane come get involved with the supporters groups they're great people uh, and i think you would be astonished at, at how open and welcoming and and you know that environment can be i'm gonna go out on a limb and say that all of our listeners are people that <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> already are they know they yeah. are they, they already well, do know coming back to like the, i guess the immediate future like minnesota they're in the hunt to get as high a seed as possible. Do you guys think they play open at all at home? Or do you think they're going to still park the bus? I think that they're going to be aggressive at the beginning and try and get up early and then try and park the bus. I think that that's every team's plan now is that they're going to be aggressive because other teams don't need to do anything in order for us to have opportunities to score. We will put points up regardless of whatever kind of defense they put up other unless they decide to just park the bus, right? Well, I think, you know, like Vince said when he was on the show, there isn't a recipe to beat us, right? There there isn't a game plan that works perfectly against LAFC. You know, we've seen success in teams that park and counter, but we've also destroyed teams that tried to park and counter. Right. We've seen teams be successful when they do the midfield block and they try and apply a lot of pressure to our midfield passing. And we've seen teams overcommit men forward and get caught on that as well, too. If I had to wager a guess, I think Minnesota is going to go for the midfield block. I don't think they're going to park and counter in front of their own fans. I don't think the Wonderwall would be happy if that's the style of game they played. So I think they're probably going to go for the mid block. They're probably going to try and, you know, double up on whoever has the ball in the midfield. 
and they're going to try and get those turnaround breakaways, but I don't think they're going to, you know, put five at the back and park it. I, I just don't think that's what they want to do in front of their fans. Yeah, but they need the points. They need the points. So I don't, I don't, I wouldn't put it past them. I, I think, I think what you're saying, Chris, is smart. I think they are going to come out guns a blazing the first 10, 15 minutes to see if they can scrap or nick one and then probably do a mid block. I think it's a combo of both of you are doing. And I think as the game wears, they might kind of park the bus to try to secure one point and try to nick one via win if the game is still tied at that point. Yeah, I mean, Conversely, I, if we score first, they're going to have to open up. And that's what I think we're going to blow them out of the water. Well, I mean, you know, you look at the, the table right now and they have 52 points, right? And they're in second place with 52 points and then the Galaxy are in third with 51 and Seattle's in fourth with 50. That's what I'm saying. Right. So one point makes a difference, right? Yeah. But at the same time, too, I think that if you take the the attitude of like, hey, let's 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 have a strong defense because we would like to at least walk away with a tie because these points are crucial. I think that that sends the wrong message to the team because ultimately, like like Vince was saying, right? These guys are all professionals. So for so for a coach to come down and be like, hey, everybody, we're going to play our best defense today. And yeah, but they haven't made the playoffs. Like, that's an accomplishment. Like one point. It gets you closer to achieving. Well, they—I mean—they're not out of the playoffs, right? But anything can change. Like, so what's fifth through seventh? Five, uh, fifth is forty-seven. Sixth is forty-five, and seventh is forty-five. So I think they, so. They forty. Probably the two. The point. Well, okay. So the two with forty-five is they could they could both get six points, and then they would still only have fifty-one. That's what I'm saying. So Minnesota is in the playoffs. Yeah, they're in second place right now. No, but I'm saying if the season, like, let's say they lose their next two games. They would still be in the playoffs. Oh, for sure. Yeah, no. There, there's an X next to their name. They, they've, they've right. clinched a playoff. But they want to, they want to have a first, first round home game. So, that, yeah, that's, that's all I'm true. saying. No, I, that's true. Yeah. And right now, yeah, but it's and it's crazy that we were thinking about it. You know, uh, we mentioned on this on this podcast episodes ago that uh, when the Galaxy were on the bubble and they're in eighth, right? And now here they are in third, and they're one point behind from getting into second. Right, they've stepped up their game in the, the last is wild. few games. Yeah, they um, have. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I think that was maybe a clear plan of theirs to try and push late. You know, to try and save some strength for the playoffs. I think we're, that might have been a strategy at some point in time. Of course, they also have you know the arrival of Pavon. And yeah, I think that that was probably the biggest catalyst yeah. for their uh, uptick in performance. Well, was, he's hitting his stride at the right time. I mean, but they do. I mean, Alvarez, Pavon. Ibra, obviously. I mean, they they have they definitely have some players on their squad that. I think Alessandrini is about to get healthy too. So really, yeah. wow. So I mean, I'm not to say I'm worried about it. I, I no, I think but it I, just adds another element to to their team. Well, I think the whole West is wild. We we lost to RSL last year. Like on a one off, it doesn't even matter. Like they can have all those <laughs> players and still lose. You know, Cry- to Seattle, Crylock, dude. That guy, man. It's not a home and away two leg. Right. I mean, you know, right? It's yeah. it's one game. Yeah. And yeah. In one game, anything can happen. You right. know, a ball can deflect off your center back's face and go in the back of the net, and the next thing you know, you're going home. Yep. Yeah. Or just driving home. Uh, <laughs> or metroing home. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. but it, it's that's the whole thing about this American playoff style system. Anyone can win it, right? I mean, yeah. that's that's kind of it, it's it's sort of the American dream manifested in our own playoff structure, right? Chip in a chair, it's all you need. Um, once your ticket's punched, you know who knows. You can. Yeah. You know, I'll mix all the metaphors here, but yeah, I mean, maybe yeah. you can. You, I want a third one now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, one thing I do want to talk about 
you know, before we move away from the supporter shield was Christian Ramirez. There was photos of Christian standing at the tunnel watching as LSU celebrated. Oh, really? That stinks. Yeah. For him. But he was involved. They they brought him over at some point in time. Yeah, but it was, I mean, there. but there are, fo- I'm just saying, there are photos. And it just, it made me, you know, my heart goes out to him because it, you know, he was part of this club for a whole year. You know, it was actually like a calendar year, yeah. like a year and a day. Yep. And, you know, he definitely, because he was a local boy from L.A., grew up in L.A., I feel like he gave a lot of effort. And it just, for whatever reason, you know, he just wasn't able to produce the way we would have liked him to. I guarantee you now, with everything that's going on with Adama Diomande, it would be, it would have been nice to have somebody like Christian available to, uh, you know, fill in at, at forward. But I'm just saying it was, it was very much... You know, you look at those pictures of him, and it's you know, it's just your heart goes out to the yeah. guy. Well, yeah. He is a true professional though, because he was trying to get in Cardos's head for that PK. He went and grabbed the ball. He didn't give it to him right away. He stood on the PK spot. He stomped on it. He like said a couple of words. I'm like, <laughs> this guy, get out of here with this. <laughs> you know, so I, I get it. You know, it, it is a job, and he did put in time here, and he understands the significance of this, the supporter shield, and he felt the love from the supporters in the games that he played. Despite him not always scoring, I think he, he he you know put his hard hat on and he worked. Um, you, know, you feel bad for a player though, because obviously one of the main reasons in which he moved was I mean not only a lack of production, but it was his salary, right? His salary, yeah. You know he's fought his whole career to make a wage in which you know he earned, right? He he didn't just get six hundred sixty thousand dollars a year because of the name on the back of his jersey. I mean he he fought to create a brand for himself to be worthy of that, right? So I mean he put the standards up there and then ultimately it was financial reasons mostly i would assume why yep. you know his lack of production meant that he had to go so yeah he he was overvalued like his production wasn't warranted in terms of what his his wages were so i get it it's a business decision and also like freeing up space and salary to bring a cheeky and uh, well it's actually just cheeky because it's yeah. a dp for rayito so but i mean you look at it you know in, in most other sports if you play for a team and get traded mid-season, you still get credit for that trophy at the end of the season, right? Like if you get traded in the middle of a baseball season and your team goes on to win the World Series, you still get a ring, right? You know, I think the same happens. The same happens in the NFL as well, too. Really? Not that mid-season trades are, are all that common in the NBA NFL, too, but and I believe I believe it happens in, in basketball as well, too. There is still part of that shield that has his name on it. I mean, he helped us earn that shield, whether, you know, I mean, he he scored big goals for us. Yeah. Not as many as we would have liked, obviously, but he still in some way chipped in and deserves credit for his work there. You know, and nothing but respect for the man. He's a true professional in, in how he went about it. But yeah, man, that picture of him looking from the corner out at the celebration is, is somewhat gut-wrenching. Yeah. I mean, it, it does describe the situation perfectly. Yeah. Unfortunately. It's it's a picture worth a thousand words for sure. Yeah. So we've got Minnesota this upcoming Sunday. The game is at uh, 4 o'clock. Well, 1 o'clock local time, right? No. Is it a 4 o'clock local time? You're going. What time does your ticket say? I don't know. (laughs) It is 4.30. (laughs) 4.30 Pacific. Oh, okay. So it's 7.30. So I I don't know what time that game is. Are you going to work the next day? uh, No. (laughs) So all all I know is I'm flying from South Bend. After the Notre Dame games on Saturday, I'm flying from South Bend, and then I'm flying in on um, Sunday morning at like eight or eight thirty, and then I check into my hotel, and I'm gonna reach out to whoever I know is there. I know some D9 new people are there. I know Fern's gonna be there. Rich said he was gonna be there, 
if you're listening to the show and you're yeah, going yeah, to you're gonna game, be there, hit us up. You can find us at LAFC S2S on all your social media platforms and go ahead, shoot us a message. But yeah, no, I had no idea what time the game was. I just I was like, I'm, I'm just going to be there and follow the crowd. And This week is a whirlwind for you, understand. Oh, I, you know what? It's... Yeah, it's a big I mean you get supporter shield, you get to go see Notre Dame and then you get to see the Wonderwall in person. And I get the and uh you know, luckily, thankfully the uh, people at uh, LAFC were kind enough to get me in with uh, credentials because yeah. it looked like at the beginning of the week I wasn't going to be able to get any uh media credentials, but then the Diego and Seth and Ben and Vince and Rich, they all pulled through, got me the credentials. Too. Good people in this club, good people. Yeah, I'm just hoping I get back in town in time to to catch the game at the clubhouse. But we'll see. Hopefully, I'm not listening to it as I yeah. drive the gray finder. I'll be watching it with my pops. It says put birthday, it on your phone. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'll, yeah. I'll be following it somehow, whether I'm driving or I'm all the way back from my trip to NorCal. You can watch or listen to it. Tell home. Yeah, tell home, dude. Yeah. yeah. AM 710. Yeah. He is great, by the way. Good call. Play by play for radio. Very descriptive. Now, you know, you ever wonder like how people used to listen to Vin Scully? Uh, and while they're yeah. at while they're at Dodger Stadium, they would like have the headphones. Oh, that was me. That was me. Yeah, I, I used to bring that. my my radio that. to every Dodger game, and I would listen to Vin from the stadium, hundred percent. If I saw somebody with a radio near me and and mine wasn't working or my batteries died or something like that, I would tell them to turn it up. My house went when I was a kid. My grandparents or or my mom typically would put the TV on mute and turn Vin Scully on in the radio. And we'd have the TV on mute and listen to Scully on radio. I did that uh, with Chick Hearn before it yeah. was a simulcast, too. Oh, you meant. Back yeah. in the day. And so, you know, I just, I wonder, would you do that with? Tell him? I, I don't know, because I like Max. I like, I like. I, well, he doesn't always do him, though. Right. If, if it's not him, yeah, because I think he has his energy when he's announcing it. And I think he is good at announcing a, a television game, right? But if he's not youtube tv and he's not doing it then for sure i would i would listen to him he is he is really good yeah. for radio he's very descriptive very descriptive so and like just, you can just start just start having the radio broadcast yeah, in your ear while you're watching the game well i mean i couldn't do that in the 3252 no. you'd still never, you still wouldn't be able to hear it like <laughs> even with headphones on you still wouldn't be able to hear anything that's going right. on there but when point. i rewatch the games i have to say i like den holmes play by play but i love max's stories because right. you know you'll be in the middle of the game and he'll tell you about like you know some Cuban torta he had at some restaurant, right? <laughs> and, and you'll you'll find some way to tie in some really odd stories yeah. into his broadcast. Anecdotes. And I love I love his flair. Yeah. Um, you know, so I I think they both bring things to it that you know that I like. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So well, shout out to them. Yeah, absolutely. come on the pod, guys. Yeah, but anyway, so that's it, man. We got two more games in the regular season, and then we got a two week break, guys. So. We're going to finish out strong. We've got a uh, – if you are going to be in Minnesota, let me know. We're going to have our digital recorder. I will have it there and try and get some sound bites of uh, anything and everything. And so. maybe if you're lucky, you'll get to sit with the team on the flight back. You never know. Oh. Uh, no. Not I'm, flying Southwest? No, Delta. Uh, right. I should have, dude. I, sh- I didn't. Aren't they Delta Aeromexico? Isn't that – Yo. Isn't that our sponsor? Yo, it – it Dude. could be. It could be. I'm th- rooting for you. Th- I'm rooting for you. Th- You're going to get some great sound on that. Flight. Oh, my oh, God. That would be awesome. Campeones. <laughs> campeones. Yo, now I, now I, now I got to wonder. But, yeah, no, I am, I'm flying Delta yeah. home from uh, to LAX. So we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Fingers and toes crossed. Oh, Fingers my gosh. That'd be crossed. great. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll be uh, like your friend and I'll sit next to uh, Bob. <laughs> yeah, listen to hear his tactical breakdown of the other team. Well, I'll, just, the I'll just have the recorder. I'll be like, hold on, hold on, and start. 
<laughs> so, anyways, all right, guys. Hey, well, it was, it was a great game yesterday. Something I'll never forget. I'm sure the same with you guys. And, you know, I'm looking forward to the playoffs. Safe my, travels, my friend. Thank safe you. travels. My, my arms are sore from waving a flag. My yeah. feet are sore. From... We need to upgrade that flag. Do you remember we yeah. talked about half of it is Irish and half of it is uh, German? Yeah, I'm, I'm Irish and German. So, you know, I mean, I, the, the Irish side of me probably needs there to was get no, there's no, There was no well. Ireland flags in the uh, North End. There you go. So I felt, I felt uh, a calling. Yeah, no, let's, let's, let's. <laughs> but I'm never going to be there to wave it, so I need to pass that Dude, obligation will, on to you. I will wave any Jonathan. flag. I don't care. But, um, <laughs> you know, whether it's, whether it's, uh, you know, the Fatherland or whether we're letting the Shillelagh fly, um, you know, whatever it is, man, we'll, we'll make it happen. There it is. You know, for one game, we could be Irish. That's fine. <laughs> It's great, dude. Very interesting, man, Jonathan. That was Yo, incredible. Whatever just happened. I, I, would, I would love to actually have uh, St. Patty's Day at the bank, dude. Like uh, a St. Patty's Day game. It'll happen eventually. but It'd be, I mean, Oktoberfest is coming up. That's not the same. No, I'm just saying like there is precedent for cultural oh, drinking Oh, no, no. Holidays. I'm talking about like a game on St. Patty's Day. Oh, that would be doing drinking some drinking some guinness uh doing a little jameson uh before we go in that might get might get a little crazy in the north end Uh, if anyone is in town this saturday i and my later hosen will regrettably be out of town and not able to attend oktoberfest at the bank on saturday as uh my cousin's getting hitched up in up in NorCal, so I'll be in Napa for the wedding. But if you get a chance to come out on Saturday and support Oktoberfest, we know that um, uh, our amigos, shout out PodFam Defenders, are going to be trying to raise some money for kick childhood cancer. And if you get a chance to go out there and have a beer, do some sigitsaki, some mind pros, it's, um, you know, have a good time out there, have fun with it. You know, wear some lederhosen, and uh, they're going to buy beers for anyone who wears lederhosen. They promised they would buy two beers. I'll hold them to that. Uh, for any person that shows up wearing lederhosen on Saturday to the bank, and, and more importantly, raise some money for for childhood cancer. And you know, for the rest of the month as it wanes here, make sure you're using that hashtag Kick Childhood Cancer so that we can try and raise some money for for children who desperately need it. With that, that'll about wrap us up for our Shield winning cast here uh, from all of us here at S2S. Thank you and take us home, sticks. Stay fly in that FC door, son. Hey, shopping down to Nikki's, Koreatown Liddy. Cape us so mommy, about to drop her fifth. They want me to stop, but I ain't. Come to my house, I'll defend that bank.